This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, October 4, 2019. And, well, we've all been watching the news as we do every day, all this week. And you certainly saw the market today had a big up day. Two big down days, Monday and Tuesday, and then kind of a nothing Wednesday, up yesterday and up today. Big, big update. Lots of volatility. It's just, it, it's, it's just volatility. What can I tell you? We had some news, jobs reports. We'll talk about that later on. That probably what drove it. But it wasn't that great, so I'm, I'm not sure what drove it or market up. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today. And I hope you will also call with all your questions. This is a call-in show. Anything financial, we'll talk about. Remember, you're take, you get to take the charge of the show, where, well, at least where you want it to go, by your questions. So take advantage of that. You can, we can talk about anything financial. We're talking about insurance. We're talking about stocks, of course, mutual funds, 401ks, 453s, whatever, whatever it is that you have in your head about financial stuff, insurance. I mean, I'm, I have life insurance experience. You know, I worked for insurance companies my first years of my career. So anything financial, we'll talk about. And of course, all this is to push us in the same direction, all us the same goal, and that's the financial freedom that we all want. So we'll get there. We use a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. So we're all independent thinkers out there, but we're going to share all our thinking. And I'll share mine. Now today, I'm going to do my best to help you move there, move along that financial freedom path. But of course, you have to take the path. I can't make you do anything. You know, I talked to somebody just the other day and... You know, two or three years ago, they were had huge credit card debt. They had no investments, and they took. And today, they've changed that all around. You have to take the path. You, not me. I can tell you, give suggestions. I can tell you what you should do, but it's your choice. So, give me a call. We'll talk about it. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. The lines are open. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. And I want to remind you that this coming Thursday. I will be in San Jose. Actually, what's funny is I'm going to be in San Jose tomorrow morning. I'm going to watch my nephew. He plays for the 49ers on Monday Night Football. But I'll be back later on next week, um, October 10th. So we'll be in San Jose. We still have a slot or two open if you're interested in meeting with me. And, of course, I will be back in New York, as I have been reporting, on November 7th. So if you want to meet with me in New York, that's when I'll be there. But before this, but after the San Jose and before the New York trip in Southern California, the listeners down here, we're going to have a wealth conference, a KPP wealth management conference. That's going to be on a Saturday, October 12th. Justin and I will lead the wealth conference event at our Irvine, California office. The event is titled Investing in Real Estate, Stocks, and Bonds for Income. There is limited seating. We're pretty full, but not all the way full. My main talking point today concerns this headline. The services sector survey shows U.S. economy weaker than expected. It is true that the service sector continued its expansion in September, but at a less slower pace, a considerably less slower pace. 
but it's still expanding. Remember, the all-important 50% number for both the manufacturer and the service sector ISM report, and that's what we're talking about. Of course, I got other things we can discuss. How about um, the downside to free trading fees? You saw Schwab and TD Ameritrade reduce their fees down to zero. In other words, you can trade all you want. There's no cost. Well, there's a downside to that. I want to go over that. And probably no one has talked to you about it. You probably haven't read much about it and probably hasn't even crossed your mind. Remember the massive mortgage defaults we had after 2008? We're having a huge amount of re-defaults, re-defaults on those modified mortgages they did. Didn't really help that many people. So we're going to talk about that too. Because no one else is, and I want to talk about it. The market today was up, and up pretty big. The Dow was up 373 points, the NASDAQ 110, and the S&P up 41. 41. So that was a that was a pretty hefty update, up day. Okay? Why? The jobs report. And we're going to get into that. The jobs report didn't look that great. Hmm. So what made the market go up? It wasn't the jobs board. That was only the big news today. Anyways, that's what we have planned today. But now let's take your first question from our listener line. The number is 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve. Hey, Justin. He's calling from South Texas. Hey, I wanted to know your take on IBOC, International Bank Shares of Commerce. It's a bank. It seems like it has some pretty solid numbers. It pays 55 cents a share this Friday. What is your take on it? Thanks. Okay, this is I, B as in boy, O-C. Okay, let me type this into uh, I, B, O, C, into some software here. Now, this is uh, out of Texas. It's a holding company for International Bank of Commerce and three other banks operating through branches in Texas and Oklahoma. It is a 2.4 billion size company, so it's small. Um uh, pays a 2.9% dividend. It's a $37.53 stock. They made $3.24 last year. They don't have any estimates going forward here. I don't have estimates. I wonder why not. I should have them. Um, let's take a look. Uh, return equity is kind of low on the 11%. Um, they don't have much debt, which is surprising at least, I'm, at least that's what that's showing me here. I'm, I'm, I'm a little skeptical on that. It shows 8% debt. Remember, banks operate with debt. Okay? They, they, they borrow money, so they, they then relend it out. So if a bank does not have any debt, they're not leveraging their assets very well. Other companies don't like that. But banks, usually you want them to have debt. Management on 16%, though. Mutual funds have been consistent buyers uh, for the last year. So people like the stock. I mean, they think the numbers are pretty solid. I wouldn't buy it here at 37. It has went down to 32 twice in the last year, and both times it bounced off of that number. I'm thinking I wait to 32 to $33 range. You know, that's another 10, 13% fall from here. I think I'd wait for that. You know, it's a good, solid bank. Uh, I'd have to do more research, to, and I really would check out that debt level and see what the projected earnings are, because I don't have them here on my software yet. So I'm not sure why that exists. From everything else, it looks like a solid bank. 
I-B-O-C, everybody. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Pisa. And let me remind you that the Invest Talk radio program and podcast replays provide a daily dose of market news with hopefully unbiased commentary by me and Justin. And we have a fairly new offering, as you know, Invest Talk Academy. It's an online training class covering a wide variety of financial investment subjects. And we do it fairly in depth. I did uh, day trading yesterday. How to do it. I showed you actually uh, three actual day trades I did the day before to show you how it works. So I, I think you should find that interesting. And by the way, we these classes are all archived. So you get to see them all. When you sign up, you get to see all the past classes. If you want to listen to them and see them. Anyway, go to investtalkacademy.com to sign up. We are headed into a break, and I'm taking your questions now at 888-99-CHART. It's Friday, the weekend is here, or almost here for most people. The markets have been more than interesting, and you want and need unbiased investing guidance. You're in luck. Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Okay, how about going over to some stats real quick. Two-year treasury at one46 1.416%, so 4.1. 10-year treasury, 1.5. So we still have a normal yield curve. And I won't report on this every day, but it, it is something important that we watch. That if, we, if we're on recession watch in the next year or so, we want to know what the yield curves are doing in the 2- and 10-year treasuries. Okay? So... Um, Gold, 15.05 per ounce, oil at 53.15 a barrel, which is fairly low, and then that turns into gasoline, $2.66 per gallon nationwide. And, you know, of course, a year ago it was 2.91. So it's fairly, fairly inexpensive. Of course, not here in California, right? Anyways, uh, the U.S. economy added 136 new, 136,000 new jobs in September. So July jobs were revised up. Did you hear about that? Actually, June and July's jobs. Remember, this was for uh, September. So I'm sorry, July and August jobs were revised up. And the total about 45,000 for uh, July and August, about 38,000. More jobs. So that might help contribute to the move of the market because 136,000 new, new jobs in September was pretty low. Wasn't They expected 150. Mind you, there's still 6 million job opens, job openings out there for qualified people, and that's the problem. They're having trouble finding qualified people. The unemployment rate fell to 3.5% from 37 3.5 from 3.7, the lowest in 50 years. So when we talk about that ISM manufacturing number and ISM services number, we talk about that. Keep that in mind. The jobs are still there. And if everybody's employed and spending, remember our economy is consumer-driven, 70% of it. 
So the economy is, if the people are working, they're going to continue to spend the money. So you look at, well, how much are they saving versus how much are they're spending? And last month, they saved four-tenths of 1% of their salary. Uh, and oh, their, their saving went up 4%, and the spending only went up 1%. So, I'm sorry, earnings went up four-tenths of 1%, and spending only went up 1%. So three-tenths went to savings, right? That's how that works. So how's the economy really, really, really doing? Well, you know, don't listen to the White House. Larry Kudlow, who's, you know, the economic advisor for the White House, said in a TV interview, saying that there is no recession site. Well, he's always going to, you know, of course he's going to be on that side. I, I try to be more realistic. Is there a recession in sight? No, but there's a lot of flags out there that are telling us to be cautious because there are reasons to fear an inflation down the road. I thought a year ago or so, I kept saying that if we're going to get one, it might be late this year or early next year, and obviously that's probably not going to happen. I'm going to be wrong. Um, Doesn't mean we won't have a recession. By the way, we always will have a recession. It's just how long, how deep, and when's it going to start? No one really knows those things. Okay. Let's see. What else can I tell you? There's a lot of a lot of stuff that was out there. Um, vaping. You know, the Mayo Clinic says lung damage from vaping looks like mustard gas injuries. Think about that. Don't you think that Altria and Philip Morris and those people are, who produce those vaping pipes, or in other words, actually it's called Jewel Labs and and uh, Altria bought Jewel Labs. They, well, they own 35% of Jewel Labs, I think. Um, and don't you think that's going to open themselves up for lawsuits? Another round, a bunch of lawsuits. Now, the, this Mayo Clinic study, which was interesting, they pointed out that most of this damage was caused by marijuana in the little vaping tubes. <laughs> you know, everybody's all, whoa, great, marijuana's legal? Uh-huh. What about the problems smoking marijuana produces? I mean, that's acting like that. There is no problems. There's plenty of problems. So you got to be careful. Got to be real careful out there, everybody. This is Invest Talk, and we have an important. When I say that, I'm talking about for investing. This is Invest Talk, and we have an important invitation to new KPP Wealth Management Conference. The title is Earnings Yield and No Yield. Uh, environment and real estate stocks and bonds we need to get to call it up sign up 888-99 charters our number we have some important calendar dates for you first steve peasley is taking reservations for his no-cost portfolio reviews The next availability will be October 10th in San Jose, and then November 7th in New York City. And the next KPP Financial Wealth Management Conference will be held in Irvine, California on October 12th. That is a Saturday. You can learn more and register now at investtalk.com. Hi guys, Matthew McCauley here from Boise, Idaho. I'm a new investor. I've been paying attention to the stock market for a couple years now, but have recently actually started investing my own money. And I was just wondering, what are some of the things that you look at for a stock before buying? 
some of the things that I do is I'll look at the chart, see if it's an uptrend or a downtrend, and I'll look up the reasons why, and I'll look up different, um, you know, websites saying whether they like this stock or not. But I was wondering what is your guys' actual advice and some of the things you guys look at before buying a stock. Thank you. Bye. Okay, well, there's always different ways to search for companies that you want to put in your portfolio. For instance, you should have a, a, a holding of core uh, core stocks. Core, we call them core holdings. And when I'm looking for a core holding versus a growth stock or something else, um, I, we look for a big blue chip company. Generally, it has some growth to it. You know, zero, no, zero growth is not necessarily a fun thing. Two to ten percent growth is what we would like to see in a core holding. We'd like to see it underpriced, not overpriced. That means a lower than average PE ratio, uh, toward its end of its range for the last five year of its PE ratio. We like to see consistency, and we want to see it to be big. We want it to be over, you know, fifteen twenty billion dollars in market cap. So that's a core holding, something whose business model would be expensive and difficult to copy and they don't have a ton of competition um let's okay nike is a very good example of that okay nk i'm not recommending nike because it's too expensive at this point but it would be a core holding because they have consistency consistency of growth they're they, they grow their sales four to seven percent per quarter uh the earnings are always going up and always have but their P ratio is too expensive, so you would put that on a watch list. Uh, in other words, the price of the stock at $93 is too expensive compared to its earnings. It makes $3.46 next year per share, you know, and they made $2.97 this year, so it's just too expensive at this point. See, so great return on equity, 43%. We like it to be 17% or higher. You know, there's all kinds of things to look for, but that's a core holding. The other holdings we would look for more probably for more growth, but we still don't want to overpay. So there's different things for different kinds of stocks that you're looking for. Okay, just can't. There's not just one answer to that. Okay, my main talking point today concerns this particular headline that we know has been out this week. The service sector survey, U.S. economy, is weaker than expected. And we're talking about here the ISM, Institute Supply Management Non-Manufacturing Index. Early in the week, we had Manufacturing Index, ISM Manufacturing Index, and that was below 50%, and it fell to 47 now, remember, we are a service sector economy. So the service sector is more important to us here in the United States. It came in at 52.6%. Okay, so anything above 50 means expansion. Anything below 50 means contraction. So the manufacturing sector is contracting, but the service sector is not. However, they expected it to come in at 55. Instead, it comes in at 52. The month before is 56. Month before that, you know, it's consistently been going down because it was in low 60s, low 60s uh, last year in 2018. Okay, 60, 61 back then. So, what is that saying? What is that telling us? We're slowing down. That's what it says. So, the growth rate for the service sector is slowing down. New orders plunged while prices rose. 
However, 13 of the 17 industries still indicate they're expanding. So it's, you know, we know, you've, if you've listened to the show, you know I've been telling you the economy is slowing down. You know I said last, uh, during the summer, it looks like we're seeing cracks in the economy and it looks like, you know, we might be having trouble down the road here. And we're just seeing more of those cracks in the economy. Doesn't mean it can't turn around and go back up. Don't think that it can't. It can. But there's got to be a catalyst. And the only big catalyst I see is some kind of Chinese agreement. One thing that the manufacturing ISM number uh, concerns me that no one brought up, because everybody talks about the Chinese trade deal, and that's what's causing the battle, and that's what's causing it. But if you remember right, we've also had the MAX 8 from Boeing being taken off uh, production line, not making those anymore. That's 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 a big deal. And we had the GM strike. General Motors is the largest auto company in the world. So you had two things that would affect pretty strongly besides the Chinese thing. Yeah, so affect the economy, guys. So you want to think about that. The auto industry has been going strong for over 100 years by everybody, but it remains one of the hardest sectors for newcomers to break in. You want to, so this is my trivia question before the half-hour break. Can you name the, la- the last auto manufacturer company to go to be publicly listed in the U.S. Stock, on the U.S. Stock Exchange? And before that event, which was the next most recent listed car company? And which year did it go public? I'll have the answers for you right after break. Meanwhile, I'm taking live calls, 888-99-CHART. Overall, I feel pretty good about our investment decisions. But there are times I wonder if our current 401k plan could be doing better. I mean, which funds are the right funds for me, for us? You're listening to someone who could benefit from KPP Financial's active 401k program. I can't spend all my time following the market, and I'm sure it would certainly be a big help to receive advice based on real data from unbiased advisors. The active 401k program features math-based models to guide you in and out of the various investment options in your plan. KPP monitors and advises. You take action with the active 401k program. KPP clients immediately see current investment recommendations configured to match their personal plan preferences. Active 401k. Okay. Take the next step toward your financial freedom. The great thing about achieving financial freedom, you can keep working if you want to, but you don't have to. And here's more good news. KPP clients who are active 401k subscribers will receive a complimentary subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. Each Friday, Steve Peasley writes a market action and trend newsletter that serves as a quick summary of the week that was. It also includes stock ideas, portfolio management information, and consumer finance tips. So enroll in the Active 401k program and also get the KPP Premium Newsletter. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com. The countdown continues. One week from Saturday, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will host the next KPP Wealth Management Conference. Investing in real estate, stocks, and bonds for income. 
The event will be held on Saturday, October 12th at the KPP Financial Offices in Irvine, California. Make reservations through investtalk.com. Steve Peasley is here. He's ready with answers and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. And before the break, I asked a trivia question. And it was about auto industry. And it, the, it was, when was, the, what has been, who has the, what is the latest auto company to go public? The most recent. Because auto industry, building cars is a very high moat. A moat means a very difficult, expensive proposition to break into uh, the auto industry with a new manufacturer because it's super difficult and expensive and time-consuming. So, of course, most of you probably could have guessed it was Tesla. Okay, Tesla in 2000. Uh, uh, Tesla, what was the year that they went public? Um, 2010, there it is. Okay, they went public in 2010. In 2018, they had sales of $21.5 billion, but they didn't make any money. They sold that much many, that many cars, but they're still losing money per car. That's why it's so difficult. Now, the company before that, what was the last auto company before Tesla? was way back in 1956, 63 years ago. It was Ford Motor Company, Ford. And their 2018 revenue was $160 billion. And just so you know, the Ford family still controls the company because they own 40% of the stock. They have been a continuously family-controlled business for 100 years. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Uh, I think uh, one another impressive fact uh, factoid here was Henry Ford's first attempt at a car company. He started a car company called a Henry Ford Company on November third, nineteen o one. Four months later, um, four months later in March nineteen o two, Henry Ford left the company, taking along the rights to his name and several of his key partners. What do you think he did with the old company? Okay, they renamed the old company, the Henry Ford Company that he started. They renamed it the Cadillac Motor Company. When did Cadillac become part of GM? Because that's the brand that GM owns. 1909. Pretty interesting, huh? Cadillac under GM started by Henry Ford. I thought that was very interesting. Now, as you know, I'd like to get the caller questions in. This came in earlier uh, in our, on our anytime, anytime listener line number, 888-99-CHART. Hey, everybody. This is CJ Clements calling from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I really enjoy the podcast. I've been investing now for a little over a year. I think I'm finally starting to understand the, the language and what to look for in purchasing individual stocks. One of the questions that I have, if I could... Um, would be about the stock symbol S-O-N-O or Sonos. That's shown pretty significant growth over the last, uh, specifically over the last four or five weeks, currently trading around fourteen eighty four a share. One of the things that I'm looking at with that stock is that its price target is at $20 a share. Whenever they first started opening, they were at $25 a share, and they quickly nosedove, but I was able to, to purchase it at 8 or $9 a share. So I'm looking to see it that one. Would like your input on that one. I look forward to hearing your response on the show. Thank you. 
Okay, so S O N O, so nose, so nose, Inc. IPO'd in 2000, September 2018. It first became public. That's what he was talking about. It designs, develops, manufactures, and sells multi-room audio products for private residents. So audio video, this is multi-room audio products. So it's movies. I'm assuming they're making rooms in your house into a movie theater. I'm assuming that's what they're talking about. It's a $1.4 billion company. Sales have gone up sharply, 25% in the most recent quarter. And we should, we, that, isn't, that isn't the most recent quarter they recorded. Since we just ended this last third quarter, we don't have those numbers yet. So the quarter before this just ended quarter was the sales were up 25. Before that, the quarter was sales were up 13, 6%, 27%, down 7%, that kind of thing. Uh, they're going. They're, they're going to make one penny a share this year and 19 cents a share next year. So it IPO'd about uh, a little over a year ago, and IPO and it was around 20 bucks. Today's 13.39 right now as I speak. So it's fallen recently in the recent few days. So um, what is it worth? Well, what is 20% growth or plus and 19 cents a share worth? Well, it's certainly worth, um, I would say, 25 P.E. Okay, I'll give it 25 P.E. Well, what does that mean this is worth then? Four or five dollars a share. <laughs> I know it's disappointing, huh? It's certainly, you know, remember, it's all relationship to how much earnings it's going to make and how fast it can grow those earnings. So... From one year, 2019, from a penny a share to 19 cents a share, that's super fast. But is it going to keep that up? Is it going to make 20 a share? You know, going to make 38 cents a share next year? 40 cents? A dollar share? If it's a dollar share, what kind of PE should you give it? See, that's really what it is. A high growth company gets higher PEs. But I think you, you know, I think it could easily go back and retest those lows at around $10. So I would probably take some profits here, take some profits, and if it goes back to retest those lows, buy it back. The KPP Premium Newsletter is distributed to subscribers this morning, every Friday morning, I send it out after I finish writing it. And the first few days of the new quarter, you know, the first section is called the market conditions section. And I mentioned about what happened earlier in the week. And I even talked about what was going to go on because I, you know, I'm, I, I finished it right probably around 7.30 to 8.30 in the morning, sometimes 9.30. So I get to see the opening and first couple, three hours of the day today. So I mentioned at the top of this newsletter that we had a lot of volatility, uh, down volatility at the beginning of the week. And it looks like we're going to have an update today and an update yesterday. So, you know, the market is just very volatile. That's what's happened. Why? Well, it's been driven by news, uh, economic news recently. And remember, we're going to start big, big time earnings numbers coming up in the next few weeks for this most recent third quarter. So that's going to be a driver too. Okay. So we're going to, and, and the Fed meets at the end of this month. And also there's meeting the Chinese trade deal meetings going on. There's going to be drivers and I think there's going to be more volatility. Okay, um, 
So that's what I talked about. Talked about you know the manufacturer ISM numbers and those jobs report. I talked about all that in that first section. Uh, the portfolio management section. Um, I talked about our options, put options, and what they can, how they can help protect your portfolio, how they can help uh, stabilize your uh, your portfolio, and at the same time, they can also to provide income depending on what kind of options you do, covered calls, put options, whatever. So I just briefly describe the different kinds that are in, out there. Okay, the stock ideas section, the, I talk about the world's largest, most diversified healthcare company. They have three divisions, pharmaceuticals, medical devices, and diagnostic and consumer. And the dividend ha- pay, they pay a dividend, 2.78. And I looked at the movie theme park company. I've suggested this one before. Um, and I think Disney oh, I mentioned the name, didn't I? Oh well. Anyway, is <laughs> I think that they have uh, they're, they're on a long-term growth path. That's what I think. Even though it's a huge company, it's going to be difficult to grow. And they'll hit their bumps. They'll hit their bumps. My, these are watch lists. I don't know if I'd be buyer buyer of any, either one of these at this time. But I think you should put them on the watch list. And they would be considered core holdings, by the way, whenever they put whenever you put them in your portfolio. Consumer Watch, I talked about solar panels and are they worth the expense? You know, everybody talks about, oh, you get the cheap energy, but are they really worth it? Because it costs a lot of money putting installing those things. And you got upkeep and they wear out. You're gonna replace them at some point. Is it worth the money? And it really comes boils down down to the cost per kilowatt of electricity that you're paying with your power company now, and what you're going to save by going to solar. And is that enough? I mean, you got to do the math. Got to do the math. No one wants to do the math, but you got to do the math. See, you thought math in your high school days wasn't important. Well, there's math. You got to do it. And you're going to be projecting that over what, 20, 25 years? What's the life? What is the life of those solar panels? And do you realize some solar panels last a lot longer than other solar panels? Some solar panels are a lot more efficient than other solar panels, meaning they produce more electricity. It's not simple. And who are you going to ask? Who are you really going to ask? You're going to ask the solar panel company? You think they're going to badmouth any of their panels they'll badmouth their comp- competitors but see it's not going to be an easy thing it's not an easy decision it's not now there are a lot of valuable information in the kpp premium newsletter each week it comes out every friday if you want to subscribe it's pretty easy go to investtalk.com and after subscribing you can receive the full report each friday directly in your email email box it comes out every friday now, if this information raises any questions in your mind, I really do encourage you to reach out to Justin and myself at KPP Financial, call our Irvine, California offices, or send us a message through investdoc.com. We respond. We'll email you back, call you back. We will. I do. I'm very diligent about it. I try to be anyways. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and you've been probably heard me say this more than once. <laughs> there are really only two emotions in the marketplace, fear and greed. It always has been that way. It's always going to be that way. Of course, there's a lot of other factors when you have to consider when you 
buy and sell stocks, a lot of factors that you got to consider when, when and when time, where you're going to retire, all those kind of questions. How much risk should you take? Are you close to retirement? Should you take as, as much risk as you did when you were young? Maybe you should if you have plenty of money or maybe you're a risk taker and you want to. But most of us as we get older don't. So I think you, know, you can take our risk questionnaire. It's, it's free on our website called Riskalyze. Answer the questions and try to figure out where your risk score is from 0 to 100. 80 being the S&P 500. Anything above that, you're, you're more risky than the S&P 500. Anything below that, you want to take less risk. So, go to investout.com, take the questionnaire, and we can start a process of communication. Okay, 888-99-CHART, we're live, I want to take your calls, 888-992-4278. This is Invest Talk. The economy is strong, mortgage rates are at or near historic lows, and the housing and real estate market is calling you. But just how can you, how should you become an investor in real estate? What is the best course of action based on your financial situation and risk tolerance? Should you consider a vacation rental investment? Or are you better suited for buy and hold transactions? And here's something all investors have to deal with. We are living in a no-yield world. So, how can you safely get income from stocks and bonds despite a choppy market? You can register to attend the next KPP Financial Wealth Management Conference. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will lead the event, and they'll be joined by two real estate experts and a trust attorney. Get your questions answered efficiently at one time and in one place. Saturday, October 12th in Irvine, California. The KPP Wealth Management Conference. Seating is limited. Register now at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART. Okay. Read defaults. Okay, we know that the, the last economic slump, which was a pretty deep recession, 2008, was caused by loaning huge amounts of money to home buyers that couldn't afford them. Couldn't afford the house, couldn't afford the loan. They didn't even, you know, the banks were lending them money and they didn't even care if they made money or had a job. They didn't care. As long as they bought a house, prices were going up and, you know, that was a beautiful thing to them. And the mortgage companies just packaged those mortgages and sold them to Wall Street and so Wall Street sold it to sold them to us. CDOs, CD, you know, all those things. Anyways, regardless of that. What happened though is when the defaults started to roll in big time, the banks, with the government tw- arm twisting, told them they had to, you know, go back to these mortgage, the people who bought these mortgages, and work out some deals, do something, you know, give them a a modification of some kind, a, or fixes of some kind, and so they did. So sometimes they forgave a bunch of money, and but they still had a mortgage, but it was less than it was. Sometimes they just did it as a deferment, deferring the problem down the road. Well, guess what? Those mortgages are defaulting, called re-defaults. How many? How many mortgages were were, were modified? How about 8.7 million of them? How many were just temporary fixes with, with deferments? 17 million. Hmm. 
They're going to come back and bite us, and they're biting us now. No one's paying attention to it, though. No one is. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, and that to help you achieve your financial freedom. And our work, of course, will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now. 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, why are investors and politicians assailing capitalism, the most powerful source of economic advancement in history? That story, Monday. But now, Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is uh, Marty from Westfield, New Jersey. I appreciate all the useful information you provided on the podcast. Listening to all the pundits uh, recently saying how bad the oil outlook was, I sold my ETF XLE. Of course, over the last three days, oil has gone up, as has the value of XLE. Did I exit too soon, or uh, is this just a, a brief uptick that will... Uh, then revert to a downtrend. I'll listen to the podcast for your wisdom. Thank you very much. Okay, XLE, everybody, is exchange-traded funds seeking performance corresponding to the S&P Energy Select Sector Index. This is energy, not not electricity, but gasoline, oil, natural gas. Um, it is in a strong downtrend. I don't think you sold too early. I think you're fine. I think this is just going to be a temporary bump up. Remember, when the economy slows, demand slows. Okay? And the world economy is slowing. And since oil is priced in dollars around the world, probably this is going to continue its slow downward path. That will only change when the outlook around the world changes. Looks going up. Growth accelerating. We don't have that. So you're going to see up and down, but I think the trend is in, and the trend is fairly strong on the downside. So I wouldn't worry about it. You probably sold it fine. Okay, XLE. What's the symbol? XLE, everybody. Okay, not this week, Schwab first announced that they were going to cut all trading fees. No more you know, $5, $6, $7 a trade. Next day, TD Meritrade copied them. No trading fees for them either. So, that sounds like really great news. Just so you know, and the first time I bought a stock, it cost me $250. Okay? And 1999, before the dot-com fell, there was, it was common to be like $24 a trade. 24 Okay? So, that tells you how, fat, how, long, how, how far it has come down. Now, it's free. They're free. Trades are free, Schwab and TD. But what's the downside of that? There is a downside. I mean, yeah, we're going to save a lot of money. Yes, that's true. But I have, and this has been uh, uh, something I mentioned over the years with trading fees being so low and some trade, some free trades for the first 30 trades or whatever, you know, to try to entice you into coming with them as a custodian, open them to your account with this, me, I'll give you free trades for the first X year or whatever. Problem with free trades is it tends to make you trade more just because it's free. I'm worried about the inexperienced investor out there that's going to over trade. 
It has been shown in studies over and over and over, buying and selling, trying to time the market, back in and out, in and out, does not work. It does not work. You cannot time the market. You cannot trade time your trades. You can get out of stocks and get back in stocks, but not just purely based on what you're seeing happening in the price and what the new, current news is, because that's that 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 buying stocks is a long-term investment. Okay. You can have, like XLE we just talked about, oil and gas are going to go down because the world economy is going down. So maybe you shouldn't have oil and gas in your possession right now. Or you should have just a little bit of it, maybe only one. You know, so it's that kind of thinking. Is my my portfolio balanced pro- properly? You know, um, and to suit the current economic conditions. But free trading can cause a lot of problems. Remember, even if you're right, if you trade a lot, you're going to produce a lot of capital gains taxes if you're right. And it tends to, this free trading tends to have people that are inexperienced go in and out based purely on emotion. And you do not want to, you do not want to surrender to fear or greed. You're trying to trade without it. In the lesson I had yesterday about day trading, I mean, I was pounding the desk about, you know, follow the rules, follow the chart. If you're going to day trade, don't pay attention to the profits just or losses. You just day trade until the end of the day and you're out of the trade. Then you see how your trades went there. No emotions. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investor program. Justin will be here on Monday. I will return on Tuesday. So don't forget to sign up for the KPP Wealth Management Conference. It's just one week from tomorrow. Register at investtalk.com. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.